Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Think you and your generation will have challenging times in retirement? Just think what retirement will look like for your kids and grandkids. Welcome to the Worry-Free Retirement with best-selling author and fiduciary, Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it, shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Them that have it, get more of it. The less they need it, the more they love it. And it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Millennials, defined as those individuals born between 1981 and 1996, or more specifically, for many of you listening to this program, defined as your kids and grandkids. And since this is a retirement planning show dedicated to helping savers worry less about money, and seeing as though many of these so-called millennials are growing up in some of the most difficult financial times I've seen in my 36 years of doing business, I thought it would be appropriate over the next two weeks on this show to first share the financial plight millennials face and how you may be able to help them now versus later. You see, the financial challenges millennials face today, those people between 24 and age 39, is totally different and unique compared to the challenges you and I faced when we were their age. You know, gone are the days of graduating college debt-free and landing a nice job with a big company that's going to promise you a pension or a big old fat 401k plan and paid for health insurance. Gone are the days for millennials to going to college and like you and I forking over a few hundred bucks per semester and getting by. And yes, gone are the days of looking forward to that magical age of 65 when your social security would be guaranteed in landing in your mailbox for the rest of your life. And that's where we can possibly help you help them. Well, welcome folks to the Worry-Free Retirement. And yes, I am that little man in the sweater vest, financial problem solver and fiduciary, Tony Walker. And today and next week, I'm gonna tackle a subject that few in the financial world and media wanna even talk about, and that's changing the financial landscape for your kids and grandkids that are traveling on the many challenging roads ahead. But first, uh, he's actually not mic'd up, but as always, still producing our show, and there's a reason he's not mic'd up. Hang up, hang in there, folks. Is America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orander. Give me a wave, Aaron. There he is. He gave me a wave. Along with two of his new uh, sidekicks here in the Worry-Free Studios on this August, uh, what is it, 18th, 2020, Mr. Derek Hudson, our technical director, and I'm introducing actually mic'd up uh, we, we like to call her our creative writer, and lately, Amelia, I've been thinking of content research analyst. That sounds pretty fancy. You like that title? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Miss Amelia Johnson. Good morning, Amelia, and how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing real good, and we've been excited to have you on the show. You've only been with us a couple of weeks, and we got to talking about our clientele. So let me first of all make something very clear, folks. Our clientele really is pretty much geared towards those who are over the age of 55. We do have some younger clients, but 
Obviously, we are fiduciaries. We have to handle people's money. We like to handle investments. Normally, not always, but you need a little bit of money to invest to become a client of Tony Walker Financial. Usually, we like to see forty to 50000 if possible, uh, and above. And sometimes, quite frankly, millennials, uh, Amelia, don't have that kind of money. And no. therein lies the problem. So when we return, Amelia and I, I'm actually going to interview Amelia First of all, what is going on with millennials? What are the challenges her fellow millennials face? And then secondly, a millennial has been helping Worry-Free Productions with the uh, acting as a publicist for my recent best-selling book, Live Well, Die Broke, and share with you what she's learning from media across the country as they get exposed to this exciting philosophy, Live Well, Die Broke, and how to enjoy your money now versus later. You're listening to the Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. Have you recently retired, been laid off, or offered a pension buyout? Has the company you work for moved, been acquired, or closed its doors forever? And finally, do you have a 401k with a previous employer you'd like to move to safer territory? Then take advantage of this opportunity to move your 401k or lump sum pension to Tony Walker Financial. Let's meet in person to discuss your retirement options. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com to schedule your free, no obligation appointment. Let us help you today. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. And we're talking about millennials, those people born between 1981 and 1996. And before you go, oh gosh, I don't want to hear about young people. First of all, I think it's important to understand what's going through the minds, hearts, and wallets of these young folks. But more importantly, uh, in our work, in our practice of helping so many retirees and soon-to-be retirees, helping you personally think through how these young folks could possibly use your help now versus later and with us in the studio is uh, our creative writer at Worry Free Productions, Miss Amelia Johnson. So now an official good morning to you, Amelia. Hi, how are you doing? Doing good, doing good. So first of all, uh, if, do you mind sharing your age on the radio? Yeah, I turned 30 this year. Um, so yeah. Yep, so you're a millennial. You <laughs> yeah. know that, don't you? <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. So I guess one of my first questions is, as you think about millennials, your age group, and then you watch your parents and grandparents, what, what unique challenges might you face, your group, versus the challenges that my group and older really never had to consider when it comes to finances? Yeah, so we had to go through several economic uh, generational firsts, 9-11, 2008, now the coronavirus, and it's caused uh, the job markets to dry up and our tuition to rise, and with that being, um, the cause of our low earning years. Um, we've got a high student debt and it's almost impossible for us to get in front of it. Yeah, and that's a good point because earlier I mentioned in the show, in case you're just joining us folks, so we're just trying to understand the plight of millennials and how you uh, retirees and soon to be retirees might want to consider helping your kids and grandkids because this really is a whole different generation as Amelia is addressing. Yeah, Amelia, you're not gonna believe this. When I went to college, I graduated in 83. Uh, from went a couple years to UK and then finished up at Western Kentucky University. 
tuition was around, I'm saying roughly, you know, books and everything thrown in a couple hundred bucks, but tuition was around 500 bucks for the semester. <laughs> kind of crazy, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the idea, now I'm sure people who had to go to grad school or, you know, medical school, uh, professional schools had some debt, but I didn't even know anybody that had yeah. student debt. That's, and you make a good point because you're graduating from college. I graduated from college. You just need to find a job, mm -hmm. you know, but you're graduating. I like how you put that. You've got to get ahead of something that's almost like a roadblock out there. Yeah, the, the job market being down makes us go back to school for more more schooling to graduate school. Oh, yeah, school. let's just pile on more yeah, debt. And yeah, so we pile on more debt, and then we think, all right, well, we have some time to pay that back. And the reality is is that the interest rates and the taxes in the future, we don't have control over that. So we, we don't know what the landscape will look like in the future. Have you ever you know talked to your parents or anybody about this, adults? Do you ever try to address it? Do you... And if so, what's been their reaction? Yeah, most of my, my parents and older people that I know, they kind of think, well, you know, I've never made as much money as you're even making now. Uh, why, why can't you just be more frugal or save or that sort of thing? And it, really, that's just not the answer and that's not the case. We're not having a problem with frugality. We're having a problem with the issue of the different kinds of loans that we're having to take out just to be able to get to that place. And because of inflation being so high as well, our earnings aren't in comparison. And I was even thinking, I've covered this, uh, did you, you did watch the documentary I did years ago, mm -hmm. Say Goodbye to Granddad's Retirement. I don't know if you picked up on this, but and I'm always talking about my granddad. I know we're going to get to my other book here in a minute, but you know, in, in fairness to you all, too, we didn't have a lot of expenses. I call them for gadgets and gizmos. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was in college, let's go back to that because we can relate to that. I can remember when cable TV first came out. Now, this was earth-shattering because they were going to charge $9.95 a month for cable. Now, do you think everybody jumped on that immediately? <laughs> no. You know why they didn't? Because TV was free. Mm -hmm. You know, you had an antenna perched on your roof in most cases. And the notion that you would pay for TV was like almost comical. It's like, who's going to pay $9.95 a month? Now, let's fast forward to you. I mean, off the top of your head, what are all the things you have to pay for just from a technological standpoint? Uh, just yeah. give, me, give me a list of things. Well, what? that's the reason that uh, streaming services are so popular now, because I would never pay the $200 that my mom pays a month for her cable and no. her landline. <laughs> Good point. You know, uh, just to have a phone in general, a smartphone, it's about $40 a month just to have the phone and then an extra $50 to have the service of the phone. Um, to have a laptop, if I have to buy a brand new one, you're looking at least a thousand dollars. And then every other things that come with the idea of maybe you are starting your own business. Um, but yeah, that and a car. Mm -hmm. uh, my car payment is over three hundred dollars a month, and that's one of my biggest incurring expenses. Even though I have a great uh, record with my insurance, the insurance is still high, but we can thank coronavirus for. <laughs> Uh, having that, so. <laughs> I didn't thought about that. Yeah, your car insurance. I used to drive around. Well, when I f first got married, I stepped up a little bit, but I drove a little 62 Volkswagen Beetle. I mean, I didn't need collision coverage, and uh, the cost of car insurance back there was, was next to nothing. I can remember my dad even. He was cheapskate. He never complained about it because, I don't know, he probably paid 60 bucks a quarter or something. But yeah, yeah. so I think listeners, if you're kind of honing in on what we're talking about, if you have kids or grandkids, 
what we're trying to help people understand out there is these folks, uh, I assume most of you, we've done, I'm getting ready to get to some studies, but you want to save for the future as much as anybody. I mean, oh, like yeah. I said, you're not, it's not like you're like willy-nilly and mm-hmm. hey, sirrah, sirrah. So what, what do you picture your future looking like? And if you could wave a wand, I mean, do you, do you even, does the notion of retirement come to mind? And is that, does that thought kind of appeal yeah. to you or? You know, I think that millennials are so much more about passion and the work that they're already doing that honestly, I don't necessarily see it as a retirement age, but maybe sort of a, a slowdown or getting more into passion projects age. So I would love to have the money that um, retirement people have to uh, pursue some of those projects. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. That's a good point, too, because I'm already seeing that, you know, my granddad, even a lot of my generation, not me personally, I was got in this business through my father-in-law and have been self-employed since 89. But, you know, really back then, you really, that generation tried to land a job with a big company, you know, keep your nose clean, stay there as long as you could. You got your pension, you got your health insurance. And there was that retirement date kind of out there. That's what you're shooting for. And many of you listening to this show today, that's your, you're in that generation. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think what I'm sensing from you and some of the other millennials, you know, we got Wes, who I think, uh, I want you to talk to Wes and Trey next week, for next week. You mind doing yeah. that? We'll talk about that. I just had an idea. Anyway, so Wes, you know, he's my favorite nephew. He's with us now. I think he's around 25. Trey, my favorite son-in-law, is around 30. Um, they don't really talk much about retirement, and I like what you said about their passion of working. I don't think you all seem to have the same timelines, do you? Or No. As far as envisioning mm-hmm. what you're going to be doing at 65? No. Then, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Now, can we segue for a minute? Because you've really jumped in and started helping a lot with the book, Live Well, Die Broke. Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, folks, this Live Well, Die Broke book, it's a, a fourth, let's see, fifth published book, and I've written several there are other uh, booklets as well, but... This has to be my favorite, Amelia, and I, I know you enjoyed it too. Of course, it's a little bit about my life, and I thought, well, if nobody really reads it, at least I can leave something for my kids to sit around and read at the funeral or something, <laughs> you know. But it's turned out it's actually become pretty popular. And I hired a publicist when we first launched the book, mm-hmm. and she helped me get in front of some people, did a great job, and then you came on board. What, what have you heard or seen as you've picked up the pieces and started following up and reaching out to people across the country? And I'm talking about media, and some of these media don't know much about finances. What has been the reaction to the philosophy of Live Well, Die Broke? Yeah, I think the Live Well, Die Broke philosophy resonates with people outside of the fin- financial world and media across the country because it's a different message than the rest of the financial world telling you to spend your money or not spend your money. That's okay. <laughs> Yeah, so what you're saying is the financial world for years has told you to save, 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 kind of back to that granddad philosophy because you got to need it for retirement. <clears throat> and then I'm coming along, um, you know, doing this for over 36 years and meeting with over 15,000 people. And I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, just had a buddy from high school, Amelia, my age. Well, he's one year older, but Susan called me and my wife said, so-and-so just died of a heart attack. I mean, so all of his plans, now don't get me wrong, folks, this is a planning show. All of these plans, though, that we have for the future they have to be balanced, this is what I've learned, with also enjoying your money. And also that balance, what we're gonna talk about when we come back in this next segment, Amelia, and I think you're really gonna to wanna to listen to this one, is how could we possibly consider helping our children and grandchildren, and at the same time, under this live wealth, die broke philosophy, not run out of money. You wanna hear about this, don't you, Amelia? Oh yeah. <laughs> so you stay tuned, folks, we'll be right back. I'm gonna share with you a strategy 
that is going to help you deal with that infamous tax tumor that's buried in your 401k and how you can help little Johnny and little Susie create tax-free income for the rest of their life. You're listening to the Worry-Free Retirement. I'll be right back. Our Tony Walker Financial Employee Spotlight shines on my favorite nephew, Wes Walker. Good to have you with us today, Wes. Good to be here, Tony. All right, quickly tell us what got you into this business when we talked about you working with Tony Walker Financial, your perception of what you thought I did, money management, and what you've learned. So tell us a little bit about what you thought a money manager did. Sure. Well, when I first got into the business, I was definitely interested in money. I have some friends that work for money managers and I had a little bit of experience just kind of in those in those fields. But what I thought a money manager really did was just asset allocation, put it in some stocks, maybe give you a call once a year. I didn't really know much about the planning aspect of things. And I kind of just thought money managers just told you where to put your money. But really, that's not exactly what we do here. Yeah. So th- so I invited you down to the Bollinger office. That's really the hub of what we do. I have eight full-time employees there. I said, Wes, you need to come down and see what we do when we process retirement plans. And I think you were trying to understand really what's a retirement plan, Tony. So tell folks what happened when you spent a full day with our offices in Bowling Green and the differences between a money manager and retirement planning. Well, I was shocked. I mean, it really is like a factory down there. Everything does kind of have its place and it all comes together where income plans, um, any other you know 401k rollovers, everything that kind of needs to be done on paper, needs to be done with a person, all gets done down in Bowling Green. I was really just impressed with how smooth it all operated down there. So there is a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that are really impressive that I don't think a whole lot of money managers are really doing. Oh, I agree with that. So now you've moved forward, and I know I'm excited to have you in this business, obviously. We have a goal of trying to start a Lexington operation. We have offices there already, but being a native of Lexington, living in Lexington, driving back and forth to Louisville, tell the audience what your thoughts are there and your future goals for the Lexington operation. So obviously I've been in some meetings with you in Lexington, and I've enjoyed that. Um, obviously the long-term goal of what I want to do is be able to see people as the, as the business moves on and as time goes on, I'd like to be able to see people in Lexington. Right now, of course, I'm spending more time in the Louisville office with you just learning the business and in Bowling Green learning just kind of the ins and outs and details of how we do what we do. Um, so the, goal, the long-term goal is really to have that permanent office in Lexington and to move forward seeing clients one-on-one just like we do right now. Very good. And then finally, I'm very proud of you. You've already gotten a designation in the Social Security area. Tell folks what that is. Sure. So it's the National Social Security Advisors Certificate. It basically gives you the ability to do Social Security planning. It gives you a good overview of how Social Security works, what the strategies are you can use to help maximize your Social Security benefits, whether you're single, married, you're divorced, whatever the case may be. It really is an in-depth look at Social Security. And of course, Lisa in our office is certified to do Social Security planning, but this just kind of is one more step in my uh, growing knowledge of the financial world. I think it was a good place to start too. Oh yeah, excellent. And I'm just real proud of you. So we look forward to your growth and continuing to help our clients and prospective clients, both in Lexington, Louisville, and Bowling Green. Thanks for your time, Wes. I appreciate it. My name is Mark Williams, and I've been in the financial services industry for around 30 years now. I'm the CEO and president of Brokers International in Des Moines, Iowa. At Brokers International, to put it simply, we help agencies and financial professionals grow their business. We offer live support, digital tools and services, and several ways to submit both annuity and life insurance applications. Right now, we service around 4,500 financial professionals nationwide. 
The one thing I continually see with the successful financial professionals that we work with is that they have a repeatable process of doing business and providing service to their customers. Tony Walker is one example of those financial professionals that utilizes a repeatable process. We started providing our services to Tony and his firm a few years ago. I think what makes him so successful is that he's got such a well-oiled machine, a process that he's created himself. In fact, I flew my team out to Kentucky so we could see it face-to-face -face how Tony consistently provides that service. When it comes to his process, I found that one thing Tony does really well is hire more service professionals to help him so that he can continue to see and help more people. Tony has figured out that in order to service thousands of clients with top-notch service, you have to have a process, a way to duplicate what you do day in and day out. I'd invite you to give a call to Tony Walker. Whether you're a longtime viewer of the Worry-Free Retirement or just catching us for the first time, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch all of our latest educational content and previous shows of the Worry-Free Retirement. Also, don't forget about our blog page at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. You know, I've made it my mission to help savers worry less about money, and we want to help you too. Let us know how we can help by logging on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. I had an opportunity and they had started Roth earlier, I would have put a lot more money in Roth over the years. It's, it's tax-free when you retire. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. Have you ever had the thoughts like this gentleman? We just played a little tape from him, uh, interviewed him. Actually, he's a client. But thoughts of what you might have done differently financially if you had to do it all over again. Uh, maybe you say, well, I would have saved more money, or man, I would have avoided all that debt when I was young, or some rascal talked me into dropping my permanent life insurance. I sure wished I had that back. Well, in this gentleman's case, uh, who I was assisting with some of his retirement planning, he's already retired. I asked him that question. Uh, I'll call him Rick. I said, Rick, what would you have done differently had you started all over? And he said, my gosh, Tony, if they weren't around back then, Amelia, we've got Amelia Johnson, our creative writer here with us in the studio. He said, if that had been around, I would have invested in a Roth IRA. Hmm. So what is a Roth IRA? Let's talk about that, folks, because this is very, very pertinent to an example. This is just one of many examples for you out there. If you're retired or retiring soon, assuming you have a bunch of money in a 401k or IRA um, I, I had a gentleman come in the other day, Amelia, and he said, Tony, I'm divorced, retired. I got a pension. I got Social Security. I got plenty of income. And I kind of laughed. I said, so why'd you come in to see me? And he goes, I got a 401k. I've heard you talk about taxes. I don't want the thing taxed to death. And I want my kids to get it. You, you see what I'm saying? Well, yeah. I said, well, you need a plan. He said, well, that's why I'm here. So we, we worked him up a plan, and I've got a great plan. Of mine. I haven't met with him yet. I can't wait to share it with him. Because he came in a million, he'd been to some other advisors, and they were suggesting Roth conversions, which is an option, but it was a terrible option for him. And he's going to be shocked when I show him how easy this is to, to have his cake and eat it too and take care of his grandkids and kids now. But anyway, so what is a Roth IRA? Basically, folks, a Roth IRA is your decision up front 
to pay the taxes on the money now. In exchange, the government says, okay, if you're going to save money in this Roth, we want the tax now. So let's say, uh, Amelia, you earn a dollar, okay? And let's just say for the heck of it, you're in a 20% tax bracket. That means before you get that full dollar, the government's going to take 20%, right, or 20 cents. That means you get 80 cents left over. Mm -hmm. You with me? Yeah. Okay. We might say, well, I don't want to pay the tax now. Can't I do what's called a pre-tax? That's a 401k in most cases. So the government back in 78, when they came out with 401ks, and it was very enticing because tax rates were pretty high then, the government says, hey, Amelia, you don't want to pay taxes now, right? Why wouldn't you want the full dollar working for you? And you would say yes to that, right? That sounds good on the surface. Yeah. Okay. And then you won't even have to fool with the taxes until you retire. Now, here was the thinking in 78. In 30, 40, 50 years, whenever somebody's going to actually pull that money out, taxes would be lower. That's interesting. Actually, the environment we're in right now, we're, we're recording the show in 2020, taxes are very, very low. Okay, stay, you're yeah. staying with this logic. Mm -hmm. So actually, that has come true. Now, there's a little problem. In 2026, the tax laws that are in place now, these lower, lower taxes, some of the lowest I've ever seen in 36 years, are set to expire. So I've got a question for you, Miss Millennial, standing over there. <laughs> if you were a guessing person, after 2026, would you guess, keep in mind we're up to about $30 trillion in debt. I'm kind of giving you some hint. The country owes about $30 trillion back mm -hmm. to the people. Uh, where are we going to get money to pay this back? What could they do? Do you think they might raise taxes or continue to lower them? I'd assume they'd raise the taxes. Good answer. Good answer, Amelia. Yes, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to have to. And with all this money stockpiled in these 401ks and not been taxed yet, what I see time and time again, Amelia, people come into me, retired, retiring soon, and they'll say, I don't really need the money. Just let it keep growing. I don't want to mess with the taxes. Well, that would be like, I call that the tax tumor. That would be like you going to the doctor and the doctor saying, Amelia, I got bad news. You got a tumor and it's going to be okay if you leave it alone for a while, but it'll get worse. Now, if you just said, well, just let's leave it alone. I don't want to mess with that now. That wouldn't probably be prudent, would it? No. Because he just told you it's going to grow and get worse. You'd probably say, well, let's get that thing out of there. Let's deal with it. So, folks, that's the problem right now. Many of you are riding around in your cars and trucks listening to this show, and you don't realize this. You may be perfectly healthy, but your 401k is not. It is tax-infested, assuming you're doing what's called pre-tax. And the reason I'm concerned for many of you, we're, we're, we'll bring it back to millennials, hang in for a minute, but I just want you to understand the pretext of what we're talking about. The reason I'm concerned for you is none of you that I ever meet have any plan for dealing with the tax tumor. And while we're at these low tax rates between now and 2026, I'm inviting you to meet with me to bring your 401k in, assuming you're retired, retiring soon. Oh, here's another thing, Amelia, for younger folks. There may be people your age who were at a former employer. Mm -hmm. your, your generation tends to change jobs a little bit more. Oh, yeah. And they might have 30,000, 40,000 in a former employer. We can roll that over to 401k, and I'm going to share with them what they could do, what we're going to tell these grandparents and parents to do. Okay? So yeah. hang in there. We, we're going somewhere with this. So here's the example I'm going to use. So let's imagine that's you. You're sitting there saying, well, Tony, I'm kind of like that one fellow. I don't know if I'm going to need all this money. Um, if you can show me how I can keep from running out of money with that mailbox money you keep talking about, I might be interested in giving little Johnny or little Susie a little help now versus waiting around for me to die and them standing around the coffin wondering how much money they're going to get, which I think is actually foolish, Amelia. Mm -hmm. I mean, why in the world, folks, wouldn't you want to try to get rid of some of this money, get it out of the taxes, give it over to the kids and grandkids. I, I can show you how to give it to them tax-free. 
And then through what our earlier uh, interviewer said there, how can we position that in a Roth IRA? Well, this is actually really easy. So, Millie, I'm going to use an example. I'm going to say your mother, which I don't know anything about your mother, but I'm going to say she falls into this camp. She's concerned about your financial future. She wants you to have at least or try to help towards your retirement. And let's say your mother has $400,000 in a 401k. She's working part-time. She has Social Security. Her house is paid for. She doesn't probably going to need all the $400,000. We take some of that money. We put it in an annuity for mailbox money. So we'll make sure she doesn't run out of money. She'd like to hear that probably, wouldn't she? Oh, yeah. It can't outlive her money. And what we're going to do is we're going to pull out about $8,000 a year out of that 401k, pay the taxes at these low rates that they're at, mm-hmm. and she's going to be able to give you, let's say, $5,000 a year for as long as she lives, tax-free through the gift tax laws. You won't owe a penny. You put it in a Roth, right, because mm-hmm. it's after tax. You haven't paid any taxes on it. And then you invest it. And in 30 years, it grows to whatever it grows to. Let's say you've done that for years and it's worth a half million dollars. Now, you don't have her problem. When you retire and pull the money out, every bit of it's tax-free. How's that sound? Sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's available, folks. And if you're riding down the road right now and you're saying, Tony, I don't have a plan. I'm not sure if I want to give my kids and grandkids money. But I know one thing. I want to secure this money while the market's up or whatever's going on. I want some mailbox money. I want somebody, a fiduciary I can trust. Why don't you log on right now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com Click on that Let's Get Started. Let's meet. There's absolutely no cost or obligation to do so. Or you can give us a call at 877-499-WALK, 877-499-9255. And again, next week, we're going to be talking more about these millennials and how you can help them. And Amelia is going to be interviewing my favorite son-in-law and favorite nephew. But between now and then, you remember, if all else fails, you be worry-free. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it, you don't get it, shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do.